You're going to love this. Just love it. <laughs> Says you. Because it's 2014. Right. It's not right. It's 2014. Never scared. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Yep, I am. And I'm stuck in the middle with you. Live right here on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org, on the Stitcher app, on the TuneIn app. On the Progressive Voices Channel, on Netroots Radio and Liberal Justice Radio, this is Pacifica Radio. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, even in 2014, here with another live broadcast, our first live broadcast of the year. Glad you could join us. Good to be back. And Happy New Year, all. Uh, Got a huge show for you today. Tons of stuff to fit in, to jam-pack into the next hour. Get a piece of paper. Get get a a, a pen. You're going to need to take notes. You're going to need to buckle up because we're going to try to fit in as much as we can, including your phone calls. Because I haven't heard from you in weeks and weeks and weeks. Our phone number is 818-985-5735-818. 985-5735. I'd love to talk to you. Find out what's on your mind. Did you get? By the way, did you catch our uh, our our big, very special broadcast holiday special over the holidays? Uh, if you didn't, uh, you you know you must not have heard it because I didn't get any complaints. I was expecting all kinds of complaints, all kinds of outraged listeners. Ah, but we must have done something wrong because uh, so far, no complaints. So now's your chance. Feel free to call in 818-985-KPFK to complain about our special, especially since, you know, uh, Pacifica Radio, KPFK, we're a non-commercial entity. And here we were running some uh, old, old broadcasts from back in the 1930s and 40s featuring the broadcast radio theater players uh, sponsored by Henry Ford and the Ford Auto uh, Ford Motor Company, and I thought, you know, since we're a non uh, non profit here, non non commercial station, I get all kinds of complaints for the sponsorship from Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company. But anyway, uh, okay, uh, hope if you didn't get to listen to it, stop by Bradblog.com, give it a listen. You may enjoy it even after the holidays. Uh, we had a, a week or so off, and we are back now from Colorado, and of course we are wasted. But a lot of stuff went on uh, while we were gone. We're going to try to catch up with a lot of it and the breaking news today. And there's a lot of breaking news today, specifically coming out of New Jersey. We'll get that uh, to that in a second. Also coming out of... Um, out of Utah. I love this story. This story made my Christmas just, what was it, days, the day before, two days before Christmas, a uh, federal judge found 
what uh, what everybody knows to be true that uh, bans on marriage equality are uh, are unconstitutional. Period. That's it. Unconstitutional. Sorry, sorry if you don't like it. Sorry if you hate gay people. Sorry if you're a right winger and you uh, you know want to control everybody and tell them who they can marry. Too bad. It's not in the constitution. You can't do it. Equal protection for all. Uh, so this judge was a, just a great, uh, a great ruling, quoting Antonin Scalia, which was awesome, quoting his dissent in the uh, in the Windsor case over the summer. Uh, so far, uh, at least 900, a little bit more than 900 marriages have taken place in Utah as people flocked to clerk uh, to the clerk's office to uh, to get married within hours after the ruling since the uh, state's ban on uh, marriage equality was finally ended now on Tuesday of this week the Supreme Court of the US put a stay on any further marriages can't have people getting married willy-nilly just because they want to freedom liberty no we can't have that uh, so they put a stay on any further marriages uh, and then today, Governor Gary Herbert, Republican uh, governor of Utah, declared that the state would not recognize the marriages that the state has already legally performed. What gives him the right to do that? No idea. But that's what he said. We're not going to rec- we're not going to give any benefits. We're going to pretend those didn't exist, even though they did exist, even though they're on, uh, you know, they they have Utah licenses that were given to them by county clerks all over the state. We're not. We're just going to not recognize them. How's that going to go over with the courts? I don't think they're going to care for it, but we'll find out. Your thoughts, 818-985-5735, if you'd like to get in on that. Uh, also, of course, we'll be joined... Uh, in a little bit by Desi Doyen with uh, our latest Green News report when, you know, we were away for five minutes and what happens? Uh, a boat gets stuck in the ice down in Antarctica. It snows across the country. It, uh, what's the, the vortex, the uh, polar vortex comes crashing down from the, uh, from the North Pole into the Midwest. And of course, that means the denialists are out uh, in, I was going to say unprecedented way, but no, they're, they're always out like this because you know why? It's winter and it gets cold. Therefore, there's no global warming. We'll be talking about that, I suspect, in the Green News Report straight ahead. Well, not straight ahead, in a little bit. Uh, but if you have thoughts on that, love to hear from you on that too. 818 985 5735. Now, uh, before we get to 60 minutes, which we've been talking about on this program for the last several months, more than I ever thought I would talk about 60 Minutes. Who even knew they were on the air anymore? Uh, Anyway, we're going to talk about them in a moment. But some breaking news out of New Jersey today. This amazing story, I I just want to hit it briefly. Uh, I suspect we'll be talking about this more in the weeks ahead, but you may have some thoughts on this, so I'm going to toss it out there. Uh, Governor Chris Christie's in trouble. This was clear several months ago to anybody who actually paid attention to this story. The D.C. media was not paying attention to this story originally. Oh, they're paying uh, paying attention today. This is uh, an amazing story. Uh, just to you know, briefly recap, uh, on the first day of school last year uh, in September, 
prior to, about a month or two prior to uh, Governor Chris Christie's landslide re-election, suddenly all the all these uh, lanes coming in from Fort Lee, New Jersey, across the George Washington Brid- Bridge, the, the world's busiest bridge, by the way, a bunch of lanes were suddenly shut down, and there was no explanation for it. It caused uh, hours of traffic for people trying to get in from New Jersey into New York. Uh, it, it put... Uh, you know, all kinds of strain on the uh, emergency system there, the uh, law enforcement system. People couldn't get around the the city of Fort Lee. And uh, nobody could really explain why those lanes had been shut down. And at first, the New Jersey uh, Port Authority folks came out and said, oh, well, we're doing a traffic study. But there was no evidence of any such uh, study. Uh, and it, all the uh, all the pointers went back to political payback against the Fort Lee mayor, a guy by the name of Mike Sokolich, or Sokolich, I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name, a Democrat who had declined to endorse Chris Christie in his gubernatorial re-election bid. And this appeared to be political payback. Everybody thought, well, that's crazy. They're not going to shut down an entire city. They're not going to shut down an entire George Washington Bridge, the world's busiest bridge, to pay back this guy for not endorsing Chris Christie. Uh, well, yeah, kind of uh, looks like they did. At the time, Chris Christie was you know, making jokes about it, saying it was ridiculous, trying to laugh it off, hoping people that would forget about it. Uh, well, some documents came out today, lots of them, emails, text messages from a whole bunch of Chris Christie uh, administration folks. And uh, I will point you to, uh, we've got it right now at the top of bradblog.com. You can also go over to uh, The Record, uh, the New Jersey, I think it's the Bergen Record, uh, that came out with these documents, Sean Boberg. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, and they sound, they sound, if you were joking about this, you would think, it you know, it sounds like an episode of Sopranos. We literally have messages from uh, Bridget Ann Kelly, for example. She was the deputy uh, chief of staff for Chris Christie. She says, quote, time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee. Yeah. And uh, this guy, David Wildstein, a top uh, Christie executive at the Port Authority, went to school, went to high school with Chris Christie. He responds back, got it. Boom. Bada bing. And they shut down these lanes. This went on for days and days. This scandal, I think, has legs. It depends now on how Chris Christie responds to it, uh, if he finally tells the truth about what he knew and when he knew it, because clearly this has gone all the way to the top. When this came out, he pretended, oh, I don't have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I was out there moving the cones around myself. He was making light of it. Well, now the documents have come out. Text, emails, clearly, uh, where they state they're getting back at this guy in Fort Lee, New Jersey, getting back at this mayor. And normally, you know, this wouldn't matter. This would be a local scandal. Nobody would uh, give much of a damn other than local papers. But Chris Christie wants to be president of the United States. And by the way, at this moment, he's the Republican Party's best chance to win in 2016, if you ask me. Not that you were, but... That's it. He's uh, he's their best chance at this point. Uh, will this hurt him or will this not hurt him? 
it depends how he reacts. And he came out with a statement late today, just before we go to air today. This is what he said. I'll read you his entire statement. He didn't, by the way, he didn't come out and face the cameras like Chris Christie likes to do. He, he put out a written statement. He said, uh, quote, what I've seen today for the first time is unacceptable. I am outraged and deeply saddened to learn that not only was I misled by a member of my staff, but this completely inappropriate and unsanctioned conduct was made without my knowledge. Without my knowledge. He knew nothing about it. Uh, One thing is clear, says Chris Christie. This type of behavior is unacceptable. I will not tolerate it because the people of New Jersey deserve better. This behavior is not representative of me or my administration in any way, and people will be held responsible for their actions. Now, how he can say that this behavior is not representative of my administration, given that we've now got emails and texts from about five or six or more people in his administration who were planning this entire scheme, who pulled this scheme off... Well, that's Chris Christie for you. Uh, so, uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Desi uh, d- uh, types me that Christie must like gridlock. That's right. He also canceled the the Hudson River Tunnel project that would have relieved traffic. Yeah, uh, he did. And not only that, yeah. he actually lost millions of dollars that would have gone right. to the state of New Jersey because the federal government was going to share the cost of it. So he got rid of that money yeah. that would have gone to the Hudson River Tunnel project, a huge project that would have released and relieved some of the congestion going in and also, of course, would have saved all of those commuters a lot of money on gas and Fe- oil. And it was federal money that yeah. he gave up, right, yeah. that they were offering also, federal money? by cancer it, there's yeah. a cancellation cost. You know, you have to pay all of these companies because they were a third of the way along in oh, the really? project, a monster project. So there was a lot of money that was also already spent that it was just down the drain. Oh, waste. Well, you know, if we're going to start picking on Chris Christie, uh, you know, I might mention uh, the, the secret uh, Coke tapes that uh, we broke at bradblog.com, the, uh, his meeting, his secret meeting with the Coke brothers and all of that. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's plenty of stuff. That's politics. There's a lot of that stuff. There's a a lot of, uh, you know, stuff that's going to happen in the years ahead concerning Chris Christie. The question is, will this scandal that he originally seems to have lied about, is this one of those scandals that stays with him and haunts him for years? I suspect uh, Democrats are already preparing, uh, you know, ads for 2016 with shots of the GWB and people caught in traffic for hours and hours on end. And, uh, well, I've been watching this story for a number of weeks, actually a number of months now. Always thought it had legs. We'll see if I'm right. Will it have legs? Will it affect him in 2016? 818-985-5735 is our phone number to talk about any and all of the above. You can also tweet me at the Brad Blog. That's the Brad Blog. Uh, but here's what I had. Here's what I had actually hoped to talk about when we came in. Uh, this is amazing because we have been talking on this show on the Bradcast about what the hell is going on with 60 Minutes. Before we went to uh, the holiday break, we talked about the the disaster, their disastrous Benghazi report. We talked about that several weeks because it was pretty clear pretty early on that it was a phony report, that the guy at the center of the story was phony, that Laura Logan, 
the uh, the war hawk who was reporting this story, you know, ha- had a bias, you know, was a Fox Newsy from the beginning, in a sense, that she wanted uh, to exact revenge for whatever happened at Benghazi, and she was buying into the Fox News nonsense. Well, they eventually retracted that story. And since then, they've screwed up several times since, including on Sunday. And now, you know, there's one point here that we've talked about when talking about 60 Minutes and the Benghazi story and and their failures there. There's one point here that we have not focused on enough. And I want to bring it out today and put it right out there again because I think it explains maybe what the hell is wrong with the once great 60 Minutes at the Tiffany Network, where Bill Paley is likely uh, spinning in his grave right now with what is going on at 60 Minutes. In case you missed it, on Sunday, 60 Minutes uh, did a story on clean tech and on the supposed clean tech crash that uh, they say happened. That uh, venture capitalists are no no longer interested in uh, in investing in clean tech, in wind and solar and biofuels and so forth. That the the money that was spent by the federal government uh, in the stimulus package was nothing but a boondoggle. It was hosted by Leslie Stahl, uh, and let's uh, well let's go ahead and, and and play a minute of it because you'll you'll get an idea of their angle. And mind you, this was their only angle. The idea got a catchy name, clean tech. The federal purse strings truly loosened under President Obama. Hoping to create innovation and jobs, he committed north of $100 billion in loans, grants, and tax breaks to clean tech. But instead of breakthroughs, the sector suffered a string of expensive, tax-funded flops. Suddenly, clean tech was a dirty word. The federal government has allocated a total of $150 billion to clean tech through loans, grants, and tax breaks with little to show for it. The taxpayers have lost a lot of money in the general clean tech area. Yeah, that's what, and it went on and on like that. And we got another clip that will give you another idea of just what 60 Minutes was doing. But uh, so far, people who cover, who actually cover clean tech, for a living in uh, uh, papers and websites all around the country have been going bonkers since Sunday night. Joe Rome uh, of Climate Progress, who uh, we had, uh, he's a friend of ours. We had him on a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually on this show. He was really the first out of the box to say, "This is insane. This is crazy. What are they talking about? Deployment uh, of solar, deployment of uh, land-based wind has gone through the roof." has gone through the roof over the last several years. And, in fact, this is from, uh, let me read from uh, uh, Shauna Thiel over at Media Matters. She writes that in July 2012, the former head of the loan program, that was the one that Leslie Stahl was talking about, uh, that w- it was, what a boondoggle. In July 2012, the former head of the loan program t- uh, get- testified to Congress that funds that went to bankrupt companies like Solyndra, etc., represented less than 3% of the total Department of Energy portfolio. In other words, the program so far has a 97% success rate far better than that of private venture capitalists. 
The Department of Energy loan program is doing great. A 97% success rate so far. Climate Progress's Joe Rome said clean technology is booming by every key indicator, but you would never know that from Sunday's absurd 60 Minutes piece touting an imaginary clean tech crash. Uh, Dana Hull over the San Jose Mercury News uh, writes, the piece was puzzling for several reasons. There was absolutely no mention, no mention of climate change, none. That's the whole point of clean tech, she writes, uh, using the promise of technology and innovation to try to wean our economy off of fossil fuels. Uh, She continued, I'm not sure what the clean tech crash refers to exactly. In the past four years, the United States has more than doubled electricity generation from wind and solar, even as we've experienced a boom in domestic oil and natural gas production. Greenhouse gas emissions in the U.S. are falling. Companies like SolarCity have become the darlings of Wall Street. Venture investment in the sector is down, but strategic partners are swooping in. Hull also notes that uh, while uh, nuclear projects received massive DOE, uh, Department of Energy loans as well, the 60 Minutes report said absolutely nothing about them. So this was really bizarre. It's being referred to as a hit piece, a hit piece on clean tech. Uh, Joe Rome writes, let's set aside the question of why 60 Minutes chose to do a hit job on clean tech, which clearly was unwarranted after producing widely criticized puff pieces on the NSA. Yeah, they did that, too. And on Amazon's wildly impractical delivery drones, Rome, uh, Rome wrote, the key point is that the goal of the DOE's investments is not to make money. That's not why the government is in the business of uh, putting out these these loan guarantees. It is not to make money. Rome writes, the goal is to accelerate the drop in price and increase in deployment of clean energy in the market, which is clearly what it has done in industry after industry. Also, a secondary goal was to create jobs in this country, which it also succeeded in doing. But there's a reason for this. And we can explain why I think uh, this is going on. Stay with me, though, because this gets worse. Uh, Robert Rapier, he was one of the people who was actually interviewed on this program, interviewed by Leslie Stahl. And uh, he was asked a few questions about one of these guys, a guy by the name of uh, Vinod, Vinod Kozla, I think is how you say his name. He's a venture capitalist. He's still in the business of investing in, uh, in green tech. And he was, you know, trying to say that uh, we need to keep investing, that we need to keep trying, that a lot of companies fail. Uh, in venture capitalists, but that this was an important investment. And she had some guy on uh, named Robert Rapier, a uh, chief technology officer. Uh, he's actually a chemical engineer uh, to sort of uh, say that he didn't think uh, Vinod Kozla uh, knew what he was doing. Well, fine. Robert Rapier made it clear to 60 Minutes that he was no fan of this guy Kozla, but that clean tech was booming, that clean tech was doing great. So he didn't want to come in and beat up clean tech because he's actually still in the sector. And he told 60 Minutes this in advance. And here's what he said. Joe Rome went and talked to him. Actually, it was first Joe Rome wrote his piece of Climate Progress. And then this guy, Robert Rapier, left a comment uh, on that piece saying that he pointed out to Leslie Stahl that clean tech is alive and well and that there were a number of successes. Quote, I also told her that solar was eventually would eventually dominate every other energy source. None of that survived the edits, 
he said. I think they really wanted my Kozla criticism on camera, and the rest of my views really didn't support the narrative of the overall story. Rome went and interviewed him further, and he repeated the same thing. He said that uh, this is a Robert Rapier, who was featured momentarily on 60 Minutes in this baffling clean tech crash report. He said, uh, quote, the first question Leslie Stahl asked me, clean tech is dead. What killed it? I immediately said, clean tech is not dead. There are many parts of clean tech that are doing very well. Solar power is growing by leaps and bounds. Prices are plummeting. Wind power is growing exponentially. So she said, clean tech. The story is more complex. There are parts that are doing well and parts that aren't doing well. And I said, yes. And she said, let's talk about the parts that aren't doing well. And that's what she did. And that's all, all they did. And that's all that 60 Minutes did. Here, this gives you an example. Uh, here's an, another clip. Is this a number two? Yeah. Number two, uh, the, here's Leslie Stahl uh, talking. I think she's actually talking to Rapier in this clip. Uh, she's not she's talking to Kozla at this point. No, she's, she's talking to Steve Coonan, a former Department of Oh, the of former Energy Department of, uh, that's right, Department of Energy guy. Uh, here is what, <laughs> this, this kind of gives you an idea of her take on this entire story. Money well spent? I think there are significant developments that have come out of that spending that impact our energy system now. Um, I think it was good value for the money. Well, Solyndra went through over half a billion dollars before it failed. Abound Energy, mm -hmm. Beacon Power, mm -hmm. Fisker, mm -hmm. VPG, mm -hmm. Range Fuels, mm -hmm. Enter One, right. A123, mm -hmm. Ecotality. Yep. I'm exhausted. As I told you at the beginning, the energy business is tough. Oh, she's exhausted. She's exhausted from reading the list of failed companies. You think you're exhausted uh, from reading the list of failed companies, Leslie Stoll? You should try reading the list of companies that succeeded. You'd still be reading them today. So what the hell is going on at 60 Minutes? What the hell is going on with their crazy, uh, now-retracted Benghazi report, which was f full of stuff and nonsense? What was going on with uh, their NSA softball report, where they actually got a former guy who worked with the, the, the federal government, the FBI, to do the interview with the NSA? And now this. Now the clean tech crash. Well, there was a point that we have talked about uh, oh, by the way, let me to be fair. CBS finally offered a statement on this before I explain to you what I think is going on here. CBS offered a statement uh, in response to this criticism they've been getting from everybody, from you know this once great news magazine, CBS News. They said, uh, quote, 60 Minutes has a rich history of reporting about climate change. Last night's story focused on the effectiveness of some of the biggest energy tech efforts to combine it, to combat, to combat it. Last night's story focused on the effectiveness of some of the biggest energy tech efforts to combat it. Well, one, they never mentioned climate change. Not once. They didn't mention climate change. So, you know, it's not a question of, uh, you know, is this worth the money? Are the taxpayers going to make money? It's about the fact that we don't have a hell of a lot of choices here. And we need to invest in renewable energy if we want to survive. But she didn't even bring that up. And as far as focusing on the effectiveness of some of the biggest energy tech efforts to combat it, she focused only on the failures. Only on the failures. 
on none of the successes, and uh, she didn't even point that out. So this is something that we've uh, we've talked about. <sighs> A point here that I think needs to get focused on as far as what the hell is wrong with CBS News in 60 Minutes. And I don't know how much uh, I this directly affects it, but I hope to look at this more in the uh, in the days and weeks ahead. Here's the point that really nobody covering this story ha- has been highlighting. We're covering it at bradblog.com because at this point, I can't avoid the fact that it seems important. The president of CBS News is a guy by the name of David Rhodes. He was, he was hired in February of 2011. He is the president of CBS News. His name is David Rhodes. What did he do before that? Well, he was formerly the vice president of news at Fox News. Again, the current president of CBS News was formerly the VP of News at Fox News. According to his bio posted at the CBS website, Rhodes began his career as a production assistant at the newly launched Fox News Channel in 1996, where he later became vice president of news. At the network, he managed uh, coverage of three presidential elections, wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, hurricanes including Katrina, and he was the channel's assignment manager on the news desk on the morning of September 11, 2001, at Fox News. He is now the president of CBS News. The nation's uh, Greg Mitchell pointed out uh, that Rhodes was, quote, the guy who worked hand in glove on the biased, often propagandistic Fox coverage of the run up to the Iraq war. The 2000, 2004, 2008 elections, the Valerie Plame scandal, the worst years in Iraq and all of the other things, Bush and Cheney and so on. That's the guy who now heads up CBS News. Does that explain what the hell is going on with 60 Minutes? The guy who began as a production assistant worked his way up to VP at Fox News, cutting his teeth in the news business at Fox News, now runs CBS News. I think that may explain a lot of what is going on at 60 Minutes, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. 818 985 5735 is our phone number, 818-985-5735. We're going to come back, take a break, <clears throat> take a break, Get to, and I'll take a breath. Uh, take a break, come back to uh, some of your calls on any and all of the above on the Bradcast Christmas special, what's going on in uh, Colorado, in Utah, in New Jersey, at 60 Minutes. And, oh, yes, I will tell you about my personal Obamacare nightmare. Oh, it was a nightmare. Did it include a death panel? Did it include beheadings? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to KPFK. Stay with us. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Become a member of KPFK today. Log on to kpfk.org and click on the Support KPFK banner. We thank you for your continued support. 
Based on a true story, Gimme Shelter, starring Vanessa Hudgens and Brendan Fraser, centers on a pregnant teenager who flees her drug-ridden mother, played by Rosario Dawson, in search of a better life. Turned away by her Wall Street father, she resorts to the streets in a desperate journey of survival. Gimme Shelter previews on Thursday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. at the AMC 30, The Block, 20 City Boulevard West in Orange County. KPFK Film Club members are invited to call the front desk during business hours at 818-985-2711, dial zero for operator for a pair of tickets to this special one-night screening before opening in theaters throughout Los Angeles. And if you aren't already a film club member, please consider joining at kpfk.org. Come on, hit me with your best shot, tough cookies. You're listening to the Bradcast on KPFK Pacifica Radio and all of our great affiliates. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. To your phones momentarily, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. You can also tweet me at the Bradblog. All right, here's the... Um, Here's the, uh, well, I'll just give you the, the, the headline on my personal Obamacare nightmare. Uh, just before Christmas, eh, I went on the California Exchange. It took me less than an hour. I signed up for Obamacare. I saved $300 a month or $3,600 a year. End of story. That was tough, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, some 10 million people have now been uh, who now have health care coverage under Obamacare, under the Affordable Care Act, under the ACA. Now, if you happen to be lucky enough to live in a state where you don't have a loon for a governor who won't even extend the Medicaid benefits that are built into this bill that are paid for by the federal government, if you happen to have a Republican governor who doesn't want you to have health care, uh, you might be kind of screwed. It might be a little bit harder for you to get the health care, or I should say the access to the health care that you should have. Nonetheless, 10 million Americans now have that coverage. 10 million. Now, I'm not a fan of uh, the Affordable Care Act. I'm not a fan of Obamacare. I never have been. I think it's obscene. I think private health insurance is obscene, is immoral. But I also want people to have access to health care if they need it and if they want it. And in this case, 10 million more people now have it. If you happen to live in a, in a state that's cooperating, uh, is running their own exchange, uh, who's cooperating, uh, giving uh, the, the, the federal Medicaid payments to its uh, citizens, well, uh, the average is, according to a new uh, study out of Harvard, um, let's see, 42.9%. Uh, of those who are eligible for uh, for Medicaid under uh, Affordable Care Act now have it in those states that are cooperating with the federal government. 37 percent 
have it via private insurance. 37% of those people who are eligible in the states that are cooperating now have it. Contrast that with the states that are not cooperating with Affordable Care Act. In those states, just 1.5% of the people who are eligible for this money, for this health care, just 1.5% so far have it. And uh, for Medicaid and for as far as uh, private uh, plans that they could get on the exchange, just 5.6% have it in those states where governors and legislatures, legislators are keeping their own citizens from getting health care. <sighs> Sorry, but that's obscene. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. Let's do some phone calls. Let's go to Nitai. In Los Angeles. Uh, hey, Nitai. Am I saying that right, Nitai? Nitai. Nitai. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. I, I, I loved your holiday show, but, you know, <laughs> I had to change my name because, you know, I'm part Canadian, and it was wonderful the way <laughs> to, just to hear so many employed actors speaking <laughs> was really quite a treat, you know. <laughs> I knew it wasn't a reality show. What, uh, well, yes, it was a reality show. Well, no, it was radio theater. And, and as you Exposed them for stealing the sunshine right while the polar freeze was going on. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of psychic or something going yeah. on there. Yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, there, we had an episode for people who didn't hear it. Uh, uh, an episode where the Canadians, it turns out, have developed some crazy technology. And this was from the 30s and 40s when these shows originally ran. Nitai. Uh, when the Canadians, of course, uh, developed solar power, thus depriving the rest of the world of the sun as they stole all the sun that. Everyone else needs to stay warm. Well, that's because they didn't have prohibition. There were a bunch of drunkards up there. Thank you that's, for that. That's why we have to have that <laughs> pipeline that that'll refine everything in America. <laughs> you you and were Canadians can't handle that, and there will be good permanent jobs to go to have Keystone cops, <laughs> you know, yeah. for security. Yeah, you you were listening closely, Nitai, and I thank you for that, sir. Really All do. Right. Thanks for checking in, you and uh, happy. <laughs> thank you, brother. Happy <laughs> New Year. Uh, you can listen to that full special over at uh, bradblog.com. You can and you should. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Lee in, where am I here? Lee in Buena Park. Welcome to the broadcast, Lee. Hey, how you doing, Brad? Uh, I was just calling because uh, I was listening to you talking about Christmas Christie and the yeah. issue that picking up the legs. Last week I watched something, I can't remember the show, but there were some paramedics who said people had died they couldn't get to because of the traffic. Yeah. And I was wondering, is there any potential for uh, Chris to be brought up on charge? Someone sues because of the fact that they just blocked the traffic? I was just curious. Yeah, uh, that's right. Well, emergency uh, technicians were not able to get through to get through this traffic. Uh, th there is talk currently, and like I said, this broke uh, sort of uh, this afternoon just before we came on air, so hopefully we'll do some more about it in the future. But uh, some state legislators are talking about charges, and there's the question, you know, this is the New York-New Jersey uh, bridge. This is interstate commerce, and uh, interfering with interstate commerce is actually against federal law. So there could be some federal, yeah, uh, there could be some uh, some federal charges brought up here. This is very early. This is why I'm saying Chris Christie needs to come clean about this, or he is screwed. Uh, and by the way, once they start bringing in, uh, you know, criminal charges, whether they're state or federal, people are going to be under deposition. They're going to be under oath. So, uh, you know, they may start talking. They may start singing about what Chris Christie knew and what he didn't. So, yeah, I, I think there's absolutely the possibility of some kind of criminal uh, criminal charges, Lee. 
Oh, wow. Okay, so I was just curious about it. Thanks for your uh, show, man. I appreciate everything. Thank you, brother. Uh, it's Yeah, it's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun story. Keep your eyes on this one. Let's go to Tony in Antelope Valley. Uh, hey, Tony, welcome to the broadcast. Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to you, bud. Thank you, sir. Uh, the way to get back at CBS is to just say, call them up, tell them they want to get rid of the president, or you're not going to watch your lies anymore. Okay. So we need to, uh, so people need to talk, they need to call CBS and express their outrage. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on. I used to love CBS. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, the, the fact, I mean, that last, the thing about Benghazi yeah. and that, that last false that they pulled off, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, we've got to make our voices known to CBS Either you get back to the old programming, or I'm not going to watch you anymore. Uh, I hear you, Tony, and I agree with you. Raise holy hell. Let people know uh, your feeling on this. And frankly, uh, that's why we need KPFK. That's why we need Pacifica Radio. That's why we need uh, non-commercial radio uh, to make these points and to go after these people. You're doing a great job. Happy New Year, and I'm a supporter of you, all of you. You're very kind. Thank you, Tony. Really do appreciate the call and the support. Uh, let's go to uh, Levin, Levine in uh, Culver City. There we go. Uh, is it Levine? Levin. Hi, uh, yeah, Levin. Hi, Brad. Hey, hi, Levin. I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you. Thank so, you, sir. Uh, my question in to the CBS report, the Secretary's report, I, um, well, first off, I guess my sense for me being a sociology professor at several colleges in the area, community colleges, and uh, do a lot of work in the media, and I think that it might be a little bit more complicated than simply the president who is ex-VP at uh, Fox. Now, I'm curious about how much research has gone in um, on your view and your staff part about, um, Say, for example, the boards of directors, because they have actually quite a bit more power than a president does. And furthermore, and like who has been uh, uh, support, uh, supplying advertising and things like that, right? Because it all comes down to ideological hegemony. Mm-hmm. People try, you know, and so I'm just curious if uh, you guys have done any research into that, boards of directors, advertising, things of that nature. Well, uh, there's always more to be done. There's always more research to be done. Uh, I've written a lot about what went on at CBS uh, during the the Benghazi nonsense and their disaster there. Uh, That's one of the reasons I had known about this, this Fox News guy, because it seemed like when this thing came up, Nobody was talking about it. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we can look at the boards of directors, and, uh, you know, if anyone has information, if anybody sees some sort of a conflict, I can tell you as far as advertisement goes, what we do know is that the fossil fuel industries put millions and millions into CBS, and not just CBS, but to all of the networks, to MSNBC, uh, which, you know, appalling. We covered this on the Green News Report a few weeks ago. Rachel Maddow would go to a break, and it would say, The Rachel Maddow Show is sponsored by ExxonMobil. Well, you know, uh, how much is she going to cover about ExxonMobil and about clean energy when they're sponsoring it? And in fact, in the weeks leading up to CBS's clean tech report, its disastrous clean tech report, uh, they were having tweets sponsored by Exxon reportedly. That's what I'm told. Uh, I didn't get to see those tweets, but uh, from a, a friend of mine, a trusted source, said that he was seeing tweets 
that were sponsored by Exxon that were uh, linking to 60 Minutes. So I think there's a lot more to go here, but, uh, you know, so we, we welcome a lot more I- information. There may be more to it, but remember, when a guy who worked at Fox News all his life becomes the president of CBS News and he starts hiring people, hiring people, by the way, like Major Garrett, who used to be the White House correspondent at Fox News, he's now at CBS. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like I, I was just thinking that... Frank, uh, let, me, let, me give, let me give you one more, Levin. Uh, Frank Luntz, also uh, this, you know, right-wing uh, focus group guy, uh, used to be at Fox News, now he's on CBS. So, go ahead, I cut you off, Levin. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's fine, and that's uh, absolutely correct. You know, I was just thinking, though, that uh, a guy like that, being able to, you know, do all those sorts of things, has to get a go-ahead from those who actually own the corporation, you know? Just like, uh, you know, MSNBC used to be partly owned by General Electric, a big-time weapons manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They're no longer, they uh, they actually sold the rest of their shares to um, Comcast, I believe. But if you look at the boards of directors and who's actually sitting, almost everybody has still has intimate ties with General Electric. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be any more objective on matters when it comes to war than they were, you know, 12, 13 years ago when we started the whole fiasco in the Middle East again. Fair enough. Appreciate that. Appreciate that uh, that call. You're absolutely right. We're all for disclosure around here. Thanks, man. I appreciate the call. Uh, let right. me. Thank you, sir. You bet. Let me go to uh, Susan in Redondo. You've been holding a long time. Sorry about that, Susan. Uh, Happy New Year to you. What's up? Hi. Happy New Year to you and all of the listeners. I actually have a question for them, but I wanted to piggyback on Levin's um, comment because I think it's really important to call advertisers and then CC the president and the board with the letter that you or uh, that you send to the advertisers and 60 minutes not only went after um, energy and by the way they didn't they she actually Leslie Stahl actually made the comment about clean natural gas no mention of fracking yes and they also did a piece at the height of all the budget talks, uh, and they blamed when budgets were being balanced on the backs of the disabled, Uh services to disabled people being slashed left and right. They actually did um, another slash piece on blaming um, on fraud in the disability system, which is so minimal compared to the need. Yeah. And... um, and I wish we actually, I'm, I'm not a fan of Obama or Obamacare. I think we all need to be calling for Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish we would stop calling it um, Obamacare when it's the Affordable Care Act, and it's actually Congress that's ultimately responsible for it. Yep. And it's just there, you know, the, the Republicans use that term. It, it reminds me of us um, using the term um, right to life. Um, and how they've gotten it's such a coup that they've done that they've get everybody to call it right to life when what it is is anti-choice. Um, yep. And and I think those are the issues, you know, uh, disability, um, the energy, and the budget that is more important than even Chris Christie's stuff. Uh, I, and I, you know, so I the, I agree. So the question I have for your voters, yes, and, and also a quick comment. No, my listeners, it, I have is, no voters, but go ahead. Yeah, very quickly, we got to go. <laughs> um, is uh, all citizens 
uh, voters or not. Have we called Congress and the free congressional, one of the free congressional switchboard numbers is 866-220-0044 and asked if our legislators have signed um, Alan Grayson's No Cuts Pledge. And it's no cuts to um, Medicare, Social Security, um, uh, veterans benefits, uh, education. Got, got it. No cuts to social programs. The bases. Gotcha. Susan, well done. You got a lot and in. Have them, got it. Have them get five or ten people to call the same day. There you go. Give the number one more time, and then I got to let you go. 866 220 0044. Well done, Susan. I got to run or we're not going to get in the green news uh, or any more calls. Uh, thanks for the call, Susan. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's do some green news and then we'll come back to uh, some more of your calls if we have some time. So hang on the line. Never enough time. Never enough time, Des. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. This is your new theme song, by the way, that we're trying out this week. Do you like it? Stomp the World Melt With You? Well, yeah, I like it. I chose it. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to try a bunch of uh, different ones. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we might as well just throw it open. Uh, send us some uh, tweets at the Brad blog if you have a good... Uh, oh, I know what one we should try for you next week. You're going to hate it. Oh, goody. Uh, anyway, Desi Doyen is, of course, our, uh, our producer here. Uh, we go away for five... Well, let's, we'll wait and talk uh, after the Green News Report. Okay. Because there's a lot going on in the Green News... Uh, our latest Green News report. Across the country, record low temperatures. From 16 below in Chicago, minus 14 in Burlington, Iowa, and negative 13 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Baby, it's record cold outside, but only in the U.S., which means it's that time of year again. It's the most severe winter storm in years, which would seem to contradict Al Gore's hysterical global warming theories. No, no, it wouldn't, Sean. All of that and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. 2014 is off to a frigid start, folks. It was so cold on New Year's Eve that the ball went back up. <laughs> yep, we're back. This is your Green News Report. It happens, ladies. Okay, Desi Doyen, we are back. Happy 2014. Happy New Year. So what happened here? We go away for five minutes and a boat gets stuck in the ice in the Arctic. It snows and it gets really, really cold in the Midwest. And so everyone has decided global warming is over. We were only away for five minutes, Des. I know. It's almost as if the planet keeps turning even when we're not paying attention. So what actually happened while we were gone? Well, in short, with that ship that was trapped down in Antarctica, all those people have been freed and the other icebreakers are on their way to being freed down in the Antarctic as well. But the point is, there is ice in Antarctica. Now, land ice on the continent is shrinking, but sea ice is increasing. That's caused by the warming ocean changing wind patterns exactly as predicted by climate models. So all of my Twitter followers who said there was supposed to be no ice down there seem to have a problem telling the difference between the Arctic and the Antarctic? 
they have a problem with science because science never said anything of the kind. <laughs> now, as far as the snow and the really, really cold weather, you may have heard that there's this thing called the polar vortex that has body slammed much of the U.S. with record cold. It swirls and it swirls at 100 miles an hour. That's our polar vortex. Polar vortex. Polar vortex. I have never experienced cold like this in my life. Things are freezing on my body that I didn't even know were possible to freeze. Oh. The polar vortex is a super cold, super fast wind pattern that usually stays contained in the Arctic, but now it's dislodged and dropped temporarily down over the U.S., causing temperatures to swing wildly to extremes, plunging over 50 degrees in just a matter of hours in some towns. And scientists have tied this possibly to, yes, global warming, because that polar vortex, which usually swirls just above the Arctic, has gotten warmer, and it breaks down, and it starts sliding down the globe. Right. And that Arctic air is what people in the Midwest are now facing. Yeah, it's kind of like opening up the refrigerator door. Now, new research indicates that the warming Arctic, which is warming four times faster than the rest of the planet, is causing changes to the jet stream, which drives weather patterns in the Northern Hemisphere. It's slowing it down, causing it to meander and wobble and stall. So again... Climate change and global warming is likely the cause of the really cold weather in parts of the U.S. And right on cue, like they do every winter, the climate change denial industry is pretending that a 48-hour cold snap refutes all of climate science, even though it's only actually affecting the continental U.S. I feel bad for uh, Al Gore. 63% of the country is now covered in snow, and it's breaking Al Gore's heart. All this snow and still cries over global warming. We're having a hard time understanding how global warming alarmists are still trying to push their radical position. Global warming, a phrase we're all familiar with. I think it's going to die this year, given the kind of incredible cold weather we've had this weekend. Well, there you go, Des. It was cold this weekend, so global warming is over. <laughs> uh, no, not so much. Climate scientist Michael Mann, in an interview with MSNBC's Chris Hayes, explains. Uh, how can there be snow when there's global warming? Well, you know, we climate scientists actually have a, a technical term uh, for this phenomenon. Uh, it's called winter. Winter? I thought winter was canceled. And what climate change deniers won't tell you is that it was warmer in Fairbanks, Alaska on Monday than it was in Georgia. In California, people are sunbathing at Lake Tahoe Ski Resort because there isn't enough snow to ski. And if you were in uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and you walk north, it would get cold for a while, but then it would get warmer because it was actually warmer near the Arctic than it was down here in the U.S. That's right. And that same wobbly jet stream has brought mild temperatures to Western Europe and Russia and another freight train of storms and floods to batter the U.K. The climate science deniers are also not telling you that Australia Australia right now is suffering another record heat wave with new high record temperatures over 118 degrees and 2013 was officially Australia's hottest year on record. Last year they actually invented a new color to use on their weather maps because it got so hot. And we should point out these extreme weather events are all in line with climate science predictions. Oh, you and your science again. For much more on that and all of the stories we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Remember, you can download us anytime on Stitcher, on TuneIn, and yes, we have a new feed, as promised, on iTunes. So stop on by iTunes and subscribe to the new feed. It's the one with the goofy picture of Desi and I on it. Find us and like us on the Facebook and follow us on the Twitters 24-7 at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Happy New Year. Ice, ice.
Yeah, stop. Well done, Des. <laughs> it was a uh, a very cold Christmas. Yeah, a lot happening, and people. we'll uh, cover more about that CBS stuff on uh, tomorrow's Green News Report at uh, bradblog.com. That story will continue, that CBS story, just the way the Benghazi story continued. Uh, CBS needs to explain themselves. Uh, by the way, uh, Holly Mosier on... The Twitters uh, says she likes I love. Uh, she says she loves I'll Stop the World and Melt With You. One vote for that. All right, maybe we'll keep it for a while. We'll see. Let me, uh, do I have a couple of, se- let me, I can uh, fly through a couple of calls very quickly. Keep them short and sweet if you can, and we'll try to get to as many as we can here in the two minutes we have left. Hey, Morris, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, hello, my friend. So apparently... CBS News is now Fox News, a little propaganda, brother. Yeah. Uh, you know, corporate-owned media is not a very good source for information. Uh, to give an example, if you listen to your meteorologists on television describing some of the horrible weather conditions, they never use the term global warming. Yep. And I just heard the other day that the Washington Post shut down their environmental desk. Uh, they'll never be, I guess, covering the environment anymore. And the name that we've had to put out there is a gal by the name of Hazel Henderson. If she'd had her way, if she was part of, I think it was the Energy Commission before they shut it down, the United States would have been fossil-free by 1980. And these uh, these mouthpieces that these uh, weather deniers have, uh, Donald Trump and Russ Limbaugh, now CBS and Fox News, uh, you, you can't trust what these folks are saying. And if we're going to turn this uh, world and our economy and whatnot around, we're going to have to go back to Ike Eisenhower, get his tax <laughs> structure that he had at that time, and take his advice and put a cap on military expansion. Thanks, Morris. I appreciate that. Well done. Uh, and let me see if I get in one more. Uh, fa- Fadi, Fadi, I think, in Miraloma. Yes. Fadi. I, I got about uh, I got about fifteen seconds for you, Fadi. Please go. Yeah. Well, okay. I just want to say that all the media are the same. They're all corporate media, whether it's Fox or CBS News. So, I mean, I quit listening to all of them anyway. And uh, the last true news we heard from CBS was when Dan Rather told us about Bush's attendance for the military, so that was it. Yep. So there you have it. Thanks, Fede. I, I appreciate the call. Yeah, and uh, oh, by the way, uh, Clear Channel has now shut down their commercial progressive radio station here in Los Angeles and in San Francisco. Because why serve the public? What public in Los Angeles or San Francisco who would possibly be interested in progressive talk radio? Good Lord. Uh, Sorry I couldn't get to the rest of you guys on hold. We'll try again next week. Uh, My thanks to Desi Doy and our producer. Of course to G, our soundboard op. And uh, thank you, G, for doing such a great job over the holidays with our very special holiday special. You can check that out at bradblog.com. Stay tuned for for John Wiener in the 4 o'clock report. He will have Katha Pollitt on the year for women and much more. You can find us anytime on the Twitters at the Brad Blog and, of course, on bradblog.com. We'll be back same Brad time, same Brad channel next week. Until then, stay safe. Good night, America. I'm Brad Friedman.